Hey. I want to welcome you to the Friday evening engagement. Sounds a lot better when I really push these against my ears. Ah, surround sound. Um, I'm here on a Friday night. It's 6.55 p.m. And we are going to do a little bit of everything tonight. And I think it's going to be fun. We're going to tie up loose ends. I'll be able to take... I want to take calls from people about whatever is left over from the week that you wanted to comment on, perhaps. I'm also going to provide a bunch of call-in topics that could stretch into tomorrow night's Saturday evening program. For example, this is what I want to hear from everybody, and I'll say it again on the other side of the intro. I would take calls on any unfinished business from the week. Uh, I want to hear good Samaritan stories that you can tell me. Stories you know somebody, um, or you can call an anonymous and give me a fake name and tell me about something you did and never told anybody about. I want to hear good Samaritan stories. I've been ODing on good Samaritan videos on the, on the internet, and it just it makes the heart feel good. Um, also, I would love to hear the greatest adventures you've ever been on. Is that a big question? Is that too big? I don't know. Maybe we get something big back. Great adventures you've ever been on. And then uh, you could also go the route of what is the strangest, dirtiest job you ever had in the vein, same vein of uh, Mike Rowe's work, but uh, just ply applying it to this audience. I'm just curious. So I have some emails that have come in on the, the in the wake of the gate program episode that we just did with Sam Tripoli last night. I've got, I can't tell you how many, how many emails though I have about a half a dozen emails, short ones that came in that are going to require some comment from our in-studio guest here tonight, Matt. Matt, what's going on? Hello, Francis. Uh, how are you? I'm all right. How all right. Good, 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 good. I guess I have to ask, how how was your day? How was work? I hated it from the moment. <laughs> the moment it started. Um, from the moment it commenced. But right now, hopefully we can all kind of set that aside and just chill out for a little while. It's almost the beginning of Memorial Day weekend for me. We still have tomorrow night, but um, this will be a good one. And I can't wait to take some calls from people. Next week will be a big one, too. Rich Barris on his normally scheduled uh, evening on May 30th, Tuesday, right after the Memorial Day break ends. LK will be in the studio on Wednesday. And then we've got the book club that kicks off on June 1st. I think on, on Thursday, June 1st, I may have the Zells on with me for a big, big updates, especially when it comes to Epstein and Epstein-related things. And um, I so I think the Zells might be on with me for that book club shortened show. What just happened? Whoa. That's not what I wanted to see. Great. Big time flash with the with the uh, the computer and, and the screen. So things things continue to be shitty technologically for me, even when they're good. So th that is the biggest legacy of the show, I would say, is uh, is giving me agita because of the technology not doing what it's supposed to. We have very short windows of time where everything goes right. 
and then we have to learn how to how to walk with a gimp. That's really what it is. How to how to exist with some certain handicaps and and make it work for us. That's what happens over here when it comes to the tech. So we'll see how bad that gets throughout the evening. Put this um, AC on because it's starting to get a little stuffy in here. All right, and now let's go into our grab bag. That's the first thing that we're going to do. Uh, the main topic we're going to have outside of all of the calls we can take is going to be a little bit of a jump into the Neuralink, Elon Musk's Neuralink getting approval from the FDA to start studying uh, human implants after the tests on monkeys went one way or another. Um, we heard some pretty bad things about what happened to the monkeys. So I guess naturally it's time for us to start, start fiddling with it. Tiddlywinks. All right, first one up, listen to this. A little bit from the Ukraine theater. Finally, we're getting a little, uh, we're getting a little admission out of the Pentagon. This is from Clandestine, a short thread from Clandestine. John Kirby, another murderer, is, uh, goes on to Wolf Blitzer's show to talk about how, yes, yes, the Russians have that city of Bakhmut, but it has little strategic importance, little, very little. Um, whereas we know that's not the case. That's not the case. But you'll see. Here we go. The Listen infamous to this. Uh, Wagner mercenary group is handing control of Bakhmut to regular Russian troops. Does that provide a window for Ukraine in its expected counteroffensive? Well, I want to be careful here not to not to speak to future operations for uh, the Ukrainians. Uh, I'll let them do that. Uh, but as we've said all along, um, even before uh, the Russians claimed they had Bakhmut, that, claim, that getting Bakhmut was going to be a little strategic value to the Russians. Uh, there's really no strategic value on that front around Donbass. It doesn't really give the Russians uh, much in terms of leeway or more flexibility. Uh, the Ukrainians will respond. and It just completes the acquisition of the land that they wanted to grab. It's not a little, little strategic. They're constantly lying because the war is going great. The war is going great. That, well, that's what they want to say. Why even talk about it if it's not important? They, I, they just want everybody to, to just be calm because they, they don't want there to be any kind of cognitive dissonance for anyone in CNN's regular audience that still has a couple of brain cells to rub together. They don't want them to have any moment of wondering if things are going this poorly. Why are billions more going? And why did we just hear that after all these months of completely dismissing it altogether, we have uh, Joe Biden signing off on the F-16s, giving or allowing F-16s to flow into the area there too. And the real issue with the F-16s is that Ukrainians have no pilots. So you're wondering, okay, well, just like with the tanks, who are going to be operating them? And if it's American volunteers, then everyone should know and I'm sure the pilots do, that if and when some of these jets are shot down, the recovered pilots are no longer protected by the Geneva Convention since they're technically mercenaries. So there's John Kirby, another murderer that wants to just uh, gaslight everybody and respond appropriately, they will conduct this counteroffensive on their own terms. You know, when and where and how they strike, they'll make those decisions. Yeah, yeah, the Ukra Ukraine is in complete control. They have no army left. Uh, there's only women and old men and, and uh, children left in the country uh, out of the millions who have left altogether. 
So there's uh, there's that. And here's a little bit more from Clandestine following up on it. As my followers know, this is not what the U.S. and Ukraine side have been saying the last 10 months. Zelensky called Bakhmut the stronghold in the Donbass and that Bakhmut would, quote, change the trajectory of our war. Here he is. And military and missionaries have been attacking Bakhmut nonstop since May. They have been attacking it day and night, but Bakhmut stands. Yay. Here's the, be the beginning of that. Before coming here to Washington, D.C., I was at the front line. At the front line. Now, uh, Bakhmut. In our stronghold in the east of Ukraine, in the Donbass, the Russian military and missionaries have been attacking Bakhmut nonstop since May. So it really completes the circle there. It's been slow. And, and, and the only reason why, and if you listen to anybody uh, speaking like that, that guy, that Marine uh, Ritter, and then there's Colonel uh, McGregor, They've gone as far as calling Bakhmut the, the graveyard of the Ukrainian resistance. And it's only lasted this long because the Russians were trying to kill as few people as possible, civilians, yeah, especially the Russians that are there. Do a nice invasion. Yeah. Trying to be friendly just about tr it. Trying to be friendly about this thing. Here he is again. Zelensky told CNN on March 7th of this year that if Bakhmut fell, it would be open road for Russia to take key cities. Now that Bakhmut has fallen, the propaganda machine is telling their side that it actually wasn't a big deal. How their tunes have changed, because they're always lying. And it's not really about what, it, it's, again, I wonder what the ultimate goal is. Because nothing, the Russians are, are, are not going to allow rebuilding from the, of the same people that they know they're fighting through the proxy state, through the sock puppet that is Ukraine. They're not going to allow those same people to go in there and rebuild the country. So what is all this? Again, it's something that we're all going to have to wait and see. If you think you have all the answers, there's definitely something you've overlooked. And you just never know what's really going to shake out in the end. But it's uh, important to know that it's all bullshit and it's bad for you, as George Carlin would say. Hey, Matt, this is something else that's bad for you. Do you know that? Oh, wait, no, no, that's not the right one. I was going to talk about the sharks, but this is something different. Listen to this. Um, woman enters a closed Georgia restaurant. So the, the, the restaurant had been closed for the night. And she tosses together a $500 salad. She tosses a salad over there. It's an expensive tossed salad. Yeah, look at her. She's actually pretty cute. She broke into a restaurant to toss a salad, this one. And but here's the thing I want to know. Obviously, if you broke into a New York restaurant and you made a you made a five hundred dollar salad, maybe that means that you just threw a little bit of lobster on top and then immediately three hundred dollars on top of it. But what the hell did she put in this thing? She had the right to romaine silent. They write at the New York Post, a woman alleges <laughs> stupid. A woman allegedly entered a closed Georgia restaurant last week and put her hands on enough ingredients that the salad she tossed together was worth $500, according to authorities. Kaylee Elizabeth Thwat. Thwat? Thwat. thwat. Nice thwat. 23 years old. She must have been on something. Uh, yeah, is probably it, the cocaine. This, probably. I need a salad. 
He's a fucking salad. Uh, she's 23 years old. She's accused of sneaking into the Harvest Moon Cafe. That's such a white thing to do. Go into the Harvest Moon Cafe. After hours of rummaging through its food coolers, according to a warrant obtained by WSBTV. I wonder if she used to work there. As she made the salad, officers alleged she touched several items, leaving ingredients that added up to hundreds of dollars in value useless. It's unclear whether Thwat allegedly threw in some extra avocado or if she went heavy on the croutons. Rome police didn't reveal uh, what she had allegedly put in the salad. Well, we need to know that. Was this in New York? No, this is Georgia. Oh, Rome? A Georgia restaurant. I guess Rome is in... That's the, that Joe Biden uh, salad prices. I want to know. I mean, that's, I, you have to follow up on this. I, I want to know what yeah. made it $500. Maybe she garnished it in, uh, in some gasoline. Could be. Here's another one for you. Great white shark, shark population, Matt, is booming, researchers say. Yeah. That's why you don't go in the fucking ocean. As summer begins, you already did the, the survival tips. So hopefully some of these people out there who want to keep everybody safe, they just hold these sharks above the water until they die because mm-hmm. they can't survive out of water. It's possible. A summer begins and people spend more time in the ocean. Researchers are on the verge of learning more about the mysterious apex predators that swim beneath the surface. On a research ship in the Atlantic Ocean, 12 miles off the coast of North Carolina, a group of scientists have been studying and tracking great white sharks. We're seeing an ocean that's teeming with life like we haven't seen since the 1940s or 50s. Chris Fisher, founder of the research organization Oshard, told CBS News. Well, that's good. Yeah, I don't know, because, I mean, from what I know, great whites, like, prefer colder water. So, I mean, you know, I thought the oceans were warming. Well, that that also sounds, they said that the ocean is just teeming with life that they haven't seen since the 1950s. That shouldn't be possible. That shouldn't be possible, but hey, good good for them. Oshert has been studying and tagging great white sharks. Let me see here. CBS News covered the first instance of Oshert's tagging a great white shark. In 2012, a 15-foot shark, which Fisher at the time called maybe the most important fish we've ever caught in our lives. Oshirk has now studied more than 90 great whites, tracking their migration patterns online. We know almost everything except for proving where they mate. What kind of sex positions do you think they use as sharks? Uh, I don't know. Um, You think they do like... Doggy style? (laughs) You You think they know what... What doggy style? They can't know what a dog is. They know. You think they they, they have They've any like eaten dogs before? You think it's possible that any of them use any reverse positions? They probably do uh, like standing sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> you could do standing sixty nines in the ocean, easy. A floating sixty nine. Yeah. It could be like a um, a gyroscope. You, could, you, it's all different angles. Just as long as you hold on to each other. These sharks, these sharks, they're dirty. Uh, CBS News observed as bait was thrown into the water, prompting sharks to emerge and surround the ship. After a female shark about 15 feet long was lifted onto the ship, they there you go, see out of the water. It tried to kill itself, <laughs> neutralize itself. Researchers worked rapidly, almost like NASCAR pit crew, to take off its fins, its tails, and rip out all of its teeth. No to install satellite tags, to draw blood, and even perform an ultrasound. 
Against the shark's will. Oh, uh, yep. All the while the shark was awake, they only have 15 minutes that they can keep the animal out of the water. You have to hold that thing over your head for 15 minutes? Yeah. Dude, you have to be a, a, a colossal human being don't, to do that. Don't jump into the ocean if you're not able to swim however far you might have to to survive. Within minutes, samples were collected for 24 different scientific studies, including one that would test the shark's hormone levels to, to discern whether she was mating. So, uh, chief scientist, uh, doctor, what? Now these scientists are just assuming animals' uh, genders. They're real bigots. Yeah. They, they don't learn. They, they don't, don't learn. trust their own science. As we bring them back, then we set the ocean back into balance and reset the system so that they will have the best health, not only for the sharks, but for ourselves. That's chief scientist, Dr. Bob Huter. He maintained a healthy shark population is better for the entire planet. Yes. Predators are very important. Look at the ocean before you walk into it, Fisher said. You don't want to walk into a bait ball with birds diving on it and game fish on it because the sharks are going to be on it too. Certainly if you saw a mountain lion pulling a stalk on a herd of elk, you wouldn't walk out into the middle of the elk herd. Yeah, I would. I would want to see what the lion does. To you or just in general? In general. What if it... Okay. Hey, did you know about this? That... The U.S. is giving away some lighthouses and selling others at auction. Really? Yeah. AP News reports, always wanted a White House? Well, the U.S. is giving some away. Ten lighthouses. Now, you can get a White House, a lighthouse, and you could uh, snipe sharks from the top of it. Yeah, I would just go up to the top and jump the fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) How much for this lighthouse? I hope you don't pay any money for that. I guess what it does what does it matter? <laughs> ten lighthouses for that gen- <laughs> ten lighthouses that for generations have stood like sentinels along America's shorelines, protecting mar- mariners from peril and guiding them to safety, are being given away at no cost or sold at auction by federal government. The aim of the program, run by the General Services Administration, is to preserve the properties, most of which are more than a century old. The, I, w- I wonder if Mickey Rooney lives in one of them still. I think he died. Oh, yeah, he died. May, I think he so. He lived in a lighthouse? Yeah, in that movie Pete's Dragon. Uh, that was Mickey Rooney. He lived in that, that, that lighthouse, Pete's Dragon. The, you don't remember that? Little ginger kid that had the uh, cartoon dragon. Had the dragon roast him apples. No, I don't remember that. Does anybody else in the audience remember Pete's Dragon? Anybody get that? That reference? I can't be the only one. I know that somebody out there knows it. Yeah, look. CR knows. says LOL. I'm glad when somebody gets my obscure references. Oh, it was a cartoon? Well, well, the the dragon was a cartoon. The dragon was a cartoon, but the kid was... Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah. Okay, so people realize. Yeah, it's old. Those are the kinds of things... That's the kind of thing that I used to... I used to watch at my grandparents' house. All right. The aim of the program, the development of modern technology, including GPS, means lighthouses are no longer essential for navigation, said John Kelly of the GSA's Office of Real Property Disposition. And while the Coast Guard often maintains aids to navigation... They have aids? A lot of them do. Damn. 
Our military, I, our I, Coast Guard. I read, so, I read something. I read something last week that they said that over seventy-five percent of the Coast Guard has AIDS. Jesus. Probably all, you know, what now? While the, the Coast Guard often maintains aids to navigation at or near lighthouses, the structures themselves are often no longer mission critical. Don't get reliant on that GPS, fellas. Mm-hmm. So where do you go for this, though? I don't know. I would, if they want to give me one, I would take it. The GSA has been transferring ownership of lighthouses since Congress passed the National Historic Lighthouse Preservation Act in 2000. About 150 lighthouses have been transferred. 80 or so have been given away. I bet you any money it's, it's to, to like local historical societies and things like that. I can't imagine most of them. I would love to find somebody. If any private citizens have, have attained this, I'd love to interview somebody who now owns a lighthouse. And another 70 have been auctioned, raising more than $10 million. So it's not a lot of money. No, no, you don't have to pay that much to uh, go insane, because if you live in a white in a lighthouse, usually don't you end up going insane after a while? Isn't that like an old tale? A bunch of those people like would start going insane. Well, John the Savage from Brave New World went there at the end of his life and hung himself. Who, the guy who wrote, wrote the book? What no, 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 the, the, the character in the character he just couldn't take the world anymore in the way that it was and um whatever john the savage it takes too long hanging yourself he seemed to do it in a zip i wouldn't have the patience (laughs) (laughs) see you swinging around and you're frustrated as you're dangling there it's taking too long you take yourself down no man god forbid we can't joke like this this is terrible Taking way too long. Kelly's personal favorite was Warwick Neck Light, uh, Neck Neck Light in Warwick, Rhode Island. Was this? They include a thirty-four foot. We have to look into this a little bit more. I'm gonna keep this bookmarked, and I'm going to take a take a gander, figure out where it's all going. All right, that's it for the opening seven seventeen, ladies and gentlemen. The number is nine one four two hundred. Oh two six nine. And we will be right back after this opening. That's my building. I live right there on the third floor. 667 East 187th Street. There's my stoop. And on warm summer nights, all through the neighborhood, you would hear the sounds of young Italian men romancing their women. Hey, Marie! Get in the fucking car! No! Get in the car! Leave me alone. Come on, baby. You know I love you. Yeah, bullshit. Will you get in the fucking car? You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride!
um, I want to see. Welcome to the show, everybody. If you want to contribute um, through super chats, your thoughts and otherwise, just to the general health and upkeep of the show and the this configuration over here, then you can go to quite frankly superchat.com. That's the universal one that we have set up. No matter where you are watching at any time, you can even leave leave some messages off air, and we will read them the next time that we are on air. And then there are the Rumble Rants. I hope to get to some of those because I know some of you have been very generous in leaving some before the show has even started tonight as well. And there's the Native Gold Pills on QuiteFrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. Before we go anywhere, I would like... Let me see here. I want to go and... I want to find the, the Apple scene before we get into this other stuff. Hold on. Pete's Dragon roasting... Apple scene. Let's see here. They better give me the original. Ah, here it is. Wait a second. Hi, Elliot. Oh, his name is Elliot. Oh yeah, I remember. You're in this, this? thing. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I liked it. I don't remember anything. Let's see. Oh boy, those look good. Yeah. I'm starved. Now he goes and runs up onto the the dragon. I was like, damn. I want a cartoon dragon. You sure changed my life. Don't even with your mouth full. What the hell's wrong with you? I don't think I'd ever be happy until I met you. Roast it for him, let's go. Oh, here it is. Bang! Oh, yeah. You know, just a boy and his dragon. We've all had those days. Just hanging out, roasting apples. Anyway... Thank you guys and gals for being here. Now let's check, let's 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 uh, get into something here. I want to talk about this, and we've got a lot of funny things that are coming on uh, coming our way in the the later halves of the show. But first, I want to do this. Here is from the sun. Here is from the sun. Ready? Elon Musk's Neuralink gets approval for first human study after implant tests on monkeys played pong with their minds. Elon Musk's neurotechnology company has received FDA approval to launch its first inhuman clinical study. It was announced today. Neuralink was founded by the Tesla CEO in 2016, focusing on developing a brain-computer interface called the Link. Musk said the company's goal is to develop a surgically embedded Neuralink implant to help disabled patients move and communicate again and possibly restore vision. This is the result of incredible work by the Neuralink team in close to collaboration with the FDA and represents an important first step that will one day allow our technology to help many people. Recruitment is not yet open for our clinical trial. We'll announce more information on this soon. Then he congratulated the Neuralink team on Twitter and all that stuff. Now, now there is this, let's just take that for a second because number one, when we're talking about this in 2016 is a very weird time period where after warning that unleashing AI 
and really jumping down that rabbit hole would be the same as summoning a demon. He then reverses course and talks about how Neuralink primarily, primarily, there was always talk about being able to let the, the crippled walk again, and I'm totally fine with things like that. I would love to, to see anything that gets people who have lost functionality of their body to regain it and to be, get their independence back, but you just don't, things are always too good to be true. And the military um, has, the, this government has made Musk a very rich man in, in, the, in itself. And over here, when he was first starting out, the biggest things that we were talking about is that Neuralink is going to be necessary to compete with AI so that we don't get dusted by our own creation overtaking us and, and overpowering us. Not even talking about whether or not the AI could ever be more human than human. It's just a matter of the technology getting out of control. You know, if any kind of hulking machine gets out of control of its creator, it can do some damage. And that's what he was talking about. So that, that was like, all right, here we go, here we go. So suddenly he took the, uh, if you can't beat them, join them route with the singularity and AI. And, and, and this is the thing that we all hoped it would be about. This is from DNYUZ from yesterday. A paralyzed man can walk naturally again with brain and spine implants. Gert Jan Oskam living in China in 2011, when he was in a motorcycle, he was living there when he was in a motorcycle accident that left him paralyzed from the hips down. Now with the combination of devices, scientists have given him control over his lower body again. For 12 years, I have been trying to get back on my feet, Mr. Oscom said in a press conference on Tuesday. Now I have learned how to walk normal, natural. In a study published on Wednesday in the journal Nature, researchers in Switzerland described implants that provided a digital bridge between Mr. Oscom's brain and his spinal cord, bypassing injured sections. The discovery allowed Mr. Oscom, 40 years old, to stand, walk, and ascend to a steep, uh, ascend a steep ramp with only the assistance of a walker. More than a year after the implant was inserted, he has re he's retained these abilities and has actually showed signs of neurological recovery walking with the crutches even when the implant was switched off. We've captured the thoughts of Gert, Gert Jan and translated these thoughts into a stimulation of the spinal cord to reestablish voluntary movement. Gregor Courtine, a spinal cord specialist at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology uh, who helped lead the research set at a press briefing. briefing. Jocelyn Block a neuroscientist at the University of Lausanne, or Lausanne, Lausanne, who placed an implant in Mr. Oscom added, it was quite science fiction in the beginning for me, but it became true today. There have even been a number of advances in technological spinal cord injury treatments in recent decades. In 2016, a group of scientists led by Dr. Cortine was able to restore the ability to walk and paralyze monkeys and helped another man regain control of his crippled hand. In 2018, a different group of scientists, also left by, led by Dr. Cortine, devised a way to stimulate the brain with electrical pulse generators, allowing partially paralyzed people to walk and ride bicycles again. Last year, more advanced brain stimulation procedures allowed paralyzed subjects to swim, walk, and cycle within a single day hmm. of treatment. Dang. I, I, listen. I wonder if it will help people in comas wake up from them or something. I don't know. It's funny you say that because I was, I was thinking about comas again today. 
and how I'd love to get a doctor on to talk about that in particular. Aside from the fact that I, I, I tried to do a, a coma dreams thread with people and didn't really get a lot of feedback. I would love to do that. I know that there's probably some incredible stories out there. Um, things that people remember from inside the coma. If they had any of those Tony Soprano season six um, visions and, and whatever, what are you doing inside of, of, of the mind at that point? Coma dreams. Um, but this is this is something that I I think is really exciting. That's exciting. But it's always there's always a black cloud hanging over it because you just know that something else is in play. And um, and there's more than Neuralink going after this thing. There's it's much more than Neuralink. I mean, when we were we were talking about the father and the grandfather and the son the other night that do blood swaps for rejuvenation with each other, the three generations blood swapping each other. I know Matt's gonna love that one. But he's another one that, that's into that brain, uh, that brain computer lace interlink kind of a technology thing. You know, so it's it's not just it's not just Musk going out there doing this. And it brings me up to this technocracy news and trends article, which we actually covered this very same document I think in 2018 or 19 or something like that. Anyway, take a look at this. Transhuman machine fusion for cyborg soldier by 2050. U.S. Army Combat Capabilities Development Command Chemical Biological Center. Cyborg soldier 2050 human machine fusion. All right. So um, hiding in plain sight. I think this was written by posted by Dr. Robert Malone via Substack. But we did this before. Hiding in plain sight on a military website is a 2019 report that was published by the U.S. Army Combat Capabilities Development Command Chemical Biological Center. The abstract of this report lays out its objectives. Let me put us back on the screen here. Lays out its objectives. Cyborg Soldier 2050, Human Machine Fusion and the Implications for the Future of the DoD. The abstract is... The Office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Research and Engineering established the Department of Defense Biotechnologies for Health and Human Performance Council, study group to continually assess research and development in biotechnology. The primary objective of this effort was to forecast and evaluate the military implications of machines that are physically integrated with the human body to augment and enhance human performance over the next 30 years. This report summarizes this assessment and findings, identifies four potential military use cases for new technologies in this area, and assesses their impact upon the DOD organizational structure, warfighter doctrine and tactics, and uh, interoperability with U.S. allies and civil society. In another section, the authors of the study go on and say, our use of the term cyborg is intended to envision a grander and fundamentally more complex future involving human and machine technologies over the next 30 years. The cyborg technologies assessed in this study go beyond augmentation, which restores function from injury or disease, and are envisioned to enhance performance through a range of modifications from the functional to the radically structural beyond the normal baseline for humans. One can also assume that aspects of cyborg capabilities will be enabled through the use of genetic engineering, synthetic biology, nanotechnology, artificial intelligence, or any number of emerging technologies. Except for steroids, huh? 
Yeah, that's insane, man. Um, that means they're already doing it. That means done. that there's already probably a couple of hundred cyborgs right now. It's done, man. It has to have been done. No doubt about it. These little drips, these little drabs, these little bit. Then they come out. What what happens is they are publicly accessible. Then people like us pick up on it. We talk about it. They then they go and they say, "Oh, these people, these conspiracy theorists are just over and over again. It was theoretical. It was this and that. All these." And then over, then you start getting the peer reviewed studies that talk about all the thing, the good things that it'll do. Whatever, whatever, whatever. And then finally, it's, well, yeah, it's the, uh, we don't want to send our precious children off to fight our wars. We need to have robot wars from here on in. And, um, and, uh. Yeah, I don't know. These people must not have seen uh, Terminator 2. The primary objectives of this study are to predict the direction cyborg technology will take within the next 30 years. Determine how that could fundamentally impact national security and make recommendations to senior DOD leadership on how to safeguard the United States and mitigate the threat posed by near-peer exploitation of these technologies. Now, of the four examples listed, um, the optogenic bodysuit is the most profoundly disturbing, according to Dr. Robert Malone. But uh, as is, I, that, is that like the Skintendo? Something like that. Here, listen to this. Technical description. This is restoration and programmed muscular control through the optogenic bodysuit sensor web. Technical description. In this scenario, muscle control uh, is enhanced through a network of emplaced subcutaneous, that's under the skin, sensors that deliver optogenic stimulation through programmed light pulses. This enhancement is best described as an implanted digital sensing and stimulation system that is coupled with external sensors, i.e., or e.g., boot inserts or wearables, which are linked to a central computational controller. In effect, the human would have an array of small optical sensors implanted beneath the skin in the body areas that need to be controlled. Hmm. Yeah, kind of like Skintendo. These sensors would be manifest. It's that movie, um, Gamer? Game over, man. No, what was the movie with uh, Gerard Butler? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, the gamer or some shit like gamer. Yeah, yeah. Where they created, they pretty much created a metaverse, but in the metaverse, you're not controlling avatars; you're controlling real people. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. I, I you know, uh, in this enhancement, best described as implanted digital sensing. We did that. These sensors would be manifested as thin optical threads that are placed at regular intervals over the critical muscle and nerve bundles that are linked to a central control area designed to stimulate each node only when the muscles below it are needed. Optical control would occur across the network of optical threads in a programmed manner to affect a fluid muscular action in a choreographed dance. How weird is that? Such a network of implantable muscle sensing computation and stimulation provides a closed-loop suite that could be used to decrease injury and mortality rates for soldiers through automated hazard avoidance. So I guess if you're out there and you are in a bad situation, and whoever's monitoring the mission back at Mission Control could actually override your body and get you to a place that is, I, I, I would have, I guess... Uh, my question is this would they be able let's say somebody is wounded in combat if, or, or they're knocked unconscious a concussive blast or something like that would mission control 
be able to make an unconscious soldier stand up and with whatever kind of functionality it has he has he or she has left limp them out of a battlefield unconscious but still moving like a zombie it sounds like they might be able to do that yeah a bodysuit. A bodysuit sounds like a nice thing, but this is hardly a bodysuit. This is a network of subcutaneous impla- uh, implanted fiber optics which can control the body. Neuralink. It's Neuralink. It, it, that's why I'm saying with every, with every wonderful story of an average person, a citizen of one country or another who got into an accident, fell down some stairs, had a... A, a wasting disease or something that they are regaining their independence back for every wonderful story that I would w- hope that this would be the, the the basis of why the technology is solely being developed there's this which obviously this is so I mean, this, well isn't that that's kind of like the other weren't they also talking about like an exo skeletal suit so like you can jump out of uh, off a building and you haven't heard about that and they want to like use that for like construction workers and shit yeah you ever seen that suit i uh, yes yes it it almost looks like the ones that uh they wear in avatar when they go in there well well, it's not as big as the ones in avatar but yeah they had it actually has the exoskeleton on there but with this, I mean, obviously there would be a need for body armor still, but when you can actually control the human being, and it makes sense here too, and I know that as time goes on, these robots are going to become more dexterous, mm-hmm. and, and they'll be able to be more, uh, uh, you know, limber, and they'll be able to navigate through things. It's going to get ridiculous. It's not all going to, all these, you give it another 30 years, like you said before, What's probably behind closed doors is not going to be as clumsy as these digi dogs. Yeah, watch. And in another thirty years, you're going to be—they're going to be talking about, um, like, uh, whatever that shit they injected into Wolverine to make him Wolverine. They're going to start doing shit like that in thirty years. They're going to start talking about how that's possible because you know they were probably doing that already what? as well. Adamantium uh, skeletons. Yeah, yeah, whatever the hell it was. What is everything we've seen in the movies like 30 years ago? They're like, oh, that's really cool, dude. It's all here now. Here, listen. D- 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 listen to this next section on optogenics. What is the field? Here's the tactical employment of optogenics. As the technology develops toward the year 2050, optogenic body control could help respond to the persistent demand for war fighters to perform increasingly challenging tasks that often push them to the limits of their physical capability. Ongoing efforts to develop warfighter exosystems, as you're talking about that, Matt, to reduce energy expenditure have revealed that current technologies often impede operator performance because it's just too clumsy for a human being to walk around with this metal skeleton on top of their bodies. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, maybe you can get some some tactical body armor or whatever, make that better as time goes on, but you're essentially giving yourself up as a remote-controlled human being. I mean, there's, we are... Uh, yeah, well, they're probably figuring out a way they're just going to replace everyone's bones with metal or something. <laughs> An optogen- optogenetically controlled bodysuit could be the use to be used to sense an individual's condition and provide a real-time interface between human and the exosystem. The human enhancement would allow dynamic adaptive coupling of the human body with an external exosystem, lead to physical behaviors that are more stable and agile, and optimize energy expenditure in operational environments. Optogenetic uh, muscu- uh, musculoskeletal control systems would not only allow warfighters to interface with the external systems that are not permanently adhered to their bodies, 
but could also be programmed to control their bodies to perform complex tasks for which they are not accustomed. The optogenetic controller would, in effect, take control of the motions of a warfighter's limbs. So here's what this right here tells me that we're talking about two separate people. The optogenic controller would, in effect, take control of the motions of the warfighter's limbs. That's somebody else. So what are they? They're like also in a suit and they're going like this or whatever they'll, they'll, or is it like a fucking controller they maybe maybe they'll be using joysticks maybe it'll be uh, it could be controlled by their mind imagine if that's what all these like games were they're just training us to well look here 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 hold on um uh that's what they said right did they say the military like was watching call of duty games and shit like that and trying to like recruit you ever heard that before yeah and they try and recruit like the best players or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck. I heard some shit like that. Well, I, there, there's something else here that I, I remember talking about this years ago too, that they were already doing. It might have been like a futurism, uh, uh, the mind control. What is this? Is this it? Mind control for fighter jets. What year is this? What year is this? I don't know. I have it bookmarked somewhere, but it, it, it's been well over five years now. Well over. That we were talking about it when I saw it. Um, that they had already been able to control not only one fighter jet, but a, a, a squadron of fighter jets with one human brain. So to think that anybody would even have to sit there 30 years down the line and control some kind of a drone technology with a joystick like this is, you know... Uh, like this is, uh, you know, uh, Galaga or something. Uh, is it's it's all going to be by brain. It's they're going to have the Neuralink too, but they're going to be the controller outside of the war zone, and they'll have they'll have a, a access to all types of surveillance. Yeah, to, man, there's going to be someone that gets that in them and is just on a, already on a completely different level, and they'll probably turn into like Doctor Manhattan or something. Listen, uh, one more time with that last line. The optogenic controller would, in effect, take control of the motions of the warfighter's limbs, thereby allowing a novice, the warfighter, to perform functions professionally. So they're talking about somebody out there in the field perhaps doesn't have any kind of training to perform a certain medical um, medical uh, something, you know, to, to patch somebody up. Somebody at, at back at base can take over your body, I guess, to maybe patch up a, a fellow soldier who's down and you don't know how to administer a certain kind of care. I, it's either that or something else because they're talking about making somebody who is an, they're talking about making somebody who's a novice at a specific action be able to perform as if they know what they're doing because they are not the ones in control of their body anymore. So, I mean, you just copy and paste whatever the hell you want in there and maybe you have... That's like that made me think of uh, the Naked Gun. Yeah, with Reggie Jackson. That boom. Yeah, yeah, man. Yes. So there's a this it this is what I'm talking about, and I'm sure everybody out there knows, and you kind of assume that that's what's going on. So uh, you can talk about that too. I wanted to throw that out there. So I I got that. We have our, the lines are open now, 914-200-2269. 
Call in right now. You can talk about that. You can talk about anything that we didn't do during the week. There's Good Samaritan. I want to hear Good Samaritan stories. Uh, greatest adventures you've ever been on. What is the strangest, dirtiest job you ever had? Um, in the meantime, I have a little bit more on the gate program, Matt. I did a little bit on that last night with, with uh, Sam Tripoli because he had spoken about it recently on his show. And I had a little bit more here that came in. This was from Cliff from last night. said, hey, Frank, uh, my gate program was called the gifted program. At my school, a short bus would pick us up from uh, each school in the, in the county, take us to an old school that was being used as a school for juvenile delinquents in the county. My brother was in the program. We were, there was two sets of sisters in the program, and all the siblings were born in 1982 and 84. It's crazy. I can't remember any specific instances, but I can remember all the kids in the group, and now I think about it, I can remember everyone's eyes. I recall their faces better than, than people I spent more time with more recently. In second grade, my teacher took me to a closet-sized room, and the lady gave me a test where she timed me while I copied patterns with blocks that had shapes on them and other stuff too I don't remember. Our teacher was PhD who looked like he was straight out of central casting for CIA data analyst. We played chess, bridge, and had riddling contests, did basic computer programming in the late 80s, early 90s, and tried to solve stories with holes. We did what I could only imagine were remote viewing exercises when we worked on these. We were given a story that doesn't make sense and tasked with finding the missing information that completes the story. Bridge is played with teams of two. The game requires wagering your in-game points based on the amount of hands or tricks that you and your partner can win. You can't communicate on the table. The only communication allowed is your bid of how many tricks you think you can take. That's like spades. I love spades. We also began the day with the current events where we had to find out what we thought was an important national news story and explain to the group why we thought it merited our attention and what kind of bias or misdirection might be in the article and why it was written that way. This was during Operation Desert Storm, Desert Shield. Anyway, I hope uh, to get through this show on the phone. Great topic. I never uh, even had a clue that I had been a part of this until your show. I've been listening to you for years, and you deserve all the success. Thank you so much for that. Have a great one, Frank. Cliff. So that it, there is something so deep and oozy about this. I love the stories that are coming in. Uh, King, what's going on? Yeah, I got a good Samaritan story. A good Samaritan story. Okay. Yeah, and believe it or not, I was the good Samaritan. Oh, I, I can't wait to hear this. All right. So it's like uh, the day before Mother's Day. It's like around 1989, right? So me and uh, some of the crew were cruising uh, in, uh, well, you know, I'm not going to mention the guy's name because it might be embarrassing for him. But you know the guy. You met him. You know yep. who I'm talking about. Okay. <clears throat> we're cruising in his uh, black Cadillac Fleetwood. And we're on our way to do some stuff. And he's like, hey, I got to stop by and see this broad first. So we're like, yeah, okay. So I'm in the back seat of the Fleetwood, and uh, he pulls up on this Spanish PR broad. And he's trying to rap to her, ain't going nowhere. She keeps like staring at me. And she's like, yeah, enough for you. I want him. She points to me. I'm like, yeah, all right. 
So she looks in and it's tomorrow's Mother's Day. She says, hey, uh, I want you to fuck me for Mother's Day. You think you can do that? Oh, jeez. You know, I, I can absolutely. I said, I can absolutely do that. So on Mother's Day, you know, I banged this married broad and gave her the old Pepsi can and corn muffin for Mother's Day. Great. Well, there you go. There's and the, there's, there's a good Samaritan good story. Good Samaritan. Yeah. That's, the love. that's what we needed. Well, thank you for that one. Sorry, kids. But, and just... What's that? I was apologizing to the I was apologizing to the kids out there. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry, kids. Yeah, I didn't know it was a thing there. But remember, I said before, married broads—they're never cool about it. This one actually was okay. She understood it was a one and done, mm-hmm. and on top of it, she gave me crabs. Wow. Well, they, 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 Which, and I had to take the hit for that. So talk about being a good Samaritan. I know. I know. Sometimes the 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 the, the crown is a what does they say? Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Well, thank you for the call, King. Yeah, no problem. All right, there you go. So a little heavy, bit of exchange there. Heavy is the head. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. It just sounds funny. <sighs> sounds like. It's always a gamble. It's always a gamble. (laughs) It's always a gamble. All right, let's go. 914-200-0269. 914-200-0269. That's that. Let's go on to some some super chats in the the meantime. Matt, we've got some good stuff with the the Babylon Bee in in the second half here. I also have the AI Trump Biden. I want people to know. You oh, remember what you sent me with the, yeah. when the Trump and Biden there? There about the Call of Duty, yeah, shit or whatever. People, yeah. it it made me go back and listen to the original because it's hilarious and it's a it's a relic of gaming from a world that I just really it's it's impossible for it to exist anymore because there's so many ways to 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 uh, get people tossed off of games and have their accounts shut down. Not on Hell Let Loose, bro. Oh, no? It's the Wild West there, bro. Really? Yeah. That's the World War II game you were talking about. Yeah. I mean, I was playing some games. Some people said shit. I'm like, oh, damn. It sounds like the old Call of Duty days? Yeah. Okay, we're gonna, we'll do that in the second half. We're going to do that in the second half. Uh, let's take a call. Take a call, um, 914-200-0269. KT Sky D says, all this talk about controlling fighter jets is prompting me to recommend the book 2034 to everyone. It is about World War III and includes scenes that like battleship scenes and uh, the unthinkable. Don't want to spoil it. It's just such an entertaining and easy read. 2034 is the name of the book. World War III. All right. Cajun Lady Sarah says, so you mean to tell me that the, uh, that the, that Woth, both Neuralink, wait, wait, W-O-T, Neuralink, the blind will be able to see, or with Neuralink. Um, um, I don't know about the only blind. Only Jesus can do that. Yeah. I don't, he didn't say anything about the blind. Man starts playing Jesus. It's not gonna be good. Hey, the, the I don't know where the, how this could bring sight back. I don't know how they can how the sight can come back. I don't know. I it's, mean, the thing's an electrical suit, right? Yeah, but so it's shooting fucking currents of electricity. That I mean, that's pretty much what everything is in our body. It's all like fucking currents, like at least the eyes and shit. 
I don't know. I'm not a fucking eye doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to get one in. Because that's the whole thing. I, w- would somebody at that point, maybe the technology, if you're talking about connecting nerves, the optical nerve. Yeah. If you're talking about connecting nerves and this being able to bridge the gap between damaged nerves, and perhaps we're talking about a time where uh, eye transplants are, are, are available if now. It, if it's, wor- well, yeah, even though, but if it's working for paralyzed people, I mean, that's what happens when you go blind. Your eyes are fucking pretty much paralyzed, right? So, yeah, I would guess it would that's, work. That's the case, too? I mean, pretty much, yeah. The fucking thing. Like, there's no... No, no, not your eyes. Oh, Co- Colin, you're on the air. What's going on, Colin? What's going on? How are you doing, Frank? Doing well. Do you have any insight into... Uh, are you an, uh, Are you an optometrist by any chance? I, I am not. Okay. No, this, it's okay. No pressure. Go ahead. What's on your mind? Oh, I just had a good Samaritan story. Oh, great. Let's, go, um, let's hear it. I hope, I hope you'll enjoy this. So I was living out in the country in Minnesota, and I had some buddies that lived a few miles away from me, and there was just back country roads between me and him, and it was probably January. It was the middle of winter. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with them at about midnight, and I rolled up a fat joint, and started smoking it on the way in between on the country roads you know there's nobody out there there's a few farms a lot of big hills a lot of big hills i'm coming down this big steep hill and i see this car off in the ditch and i'm like oh that's great you know i hope they got out of there or whatever well i pull up and i see two people and it's a mother and her young teenage kid and my car is full of smoke <laughs> and so I had to decide what was I going to do, leave them there in the middle of the night or give them a ride. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to prove that That's a, a. I can just do this. Uh, no, on, on that, listen, if if you, somebody is on the side of a, if a mother and a teenage uh, child is uh, in a ditch somewhere and somebody rolls up willing to help, they better just uh, hold their breath. And get in the car. Who? Ca- I mean, geez, who cares at that point? Something like that happened to me once with some old lady. It was like it was just really cold and like I don't know what it was. I saw this old lady walking, and I saw her earlier walking way further down. So I pulled like, "You want a ride?" And I, I was smoking. I'm like, it "Smells like smoke in here." I thought maybe she thought it was a cigarette or whatever. She just came. She didn't say anything, and then I just I just took her. Took her home. She had a couple blocks left. Oh, that's not. That's not. Well, that's, I was, well you know, Colin. Get back to you real quick because it looks like you guys had similar situations. Uh, did they get into the car? Were they off put by the smell of the smoke? What happened? <laughs> I got in, and, and she couldn't tell, and it's until they got in the car, I, I I put the joint out and had just enough time, and you know, I just talked to them nice, and then when they got out of the car, I said, you know. Not everything is what it appears when you see people, you know. And she kind of looked at me and nodded her head, you know, like, you know, hey, I, you know. Well, well, what happened? Well, what happened? Did they, they just veer? Was it a snowy night, or what, did they veer off to the side? Were they hurt? How how bad was the car damage? What was going on? Oh, it was just that yeah, was a pretty blizzardy, nasty night where you probably shouldn't even be out. But I kind of know my vehicle and know the roads and that. Hill was particularly steep, and they just got really lucky. They almost smashed into a tree, but they dodged it just barely. And there's actually a river about 30 feet from where they were. So if they were going any faster, they might have made it to the river. So they were pretty lucky that night. But yeah, that was 
you know, I had to make kind of a split second decision, you know, and be like, you know what, I'm just going to do the right thing here and hope that things work out. And they did. So yeah, thanks I, for taking my call, Frank. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad that things worked out for him too, because they could have knifed him in the neck. It could have been their 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 uh, their con game, you know. Out there, and uh, that's where most uh, serial killers are from that area uh, in the country he's in. You know, we had a great series of shows, a great series of episodes on hitchhiking stories. I said I wanted to hear people's hitchhiking stories, and we had incredible ones, uh, cre- scary ass ones, um, you know, cautionary tales of all types, but also really. Wholesome ones. What I should, of people picking up hitchhikers people, or hitchhiking? People picking them up and also hitchhiking. Because, you know, we grew up during a time where hitchhiking was already pretty, you, you didn't see it yeah, a lot. Yeah, you know, like you don't pick up a hitchhiker. No. They're either weird or they're going to kill you. Yeah. And they're weird. You know, we were already in that, in that kind of don't go there. But for a while, I mean, there was, I mean, that was a, a part of. American beatnik yeah. culture, Don't, especially. Yeah, yeah, like the train people, the yeah. vagabonds, are they called? Vagabond, vagabonds, vagabonds, or whatever. Yeah. Hobos, derelicts, <laughs> bums. Derelicts. You remember? Yeah, yeah, the bums. Derelicts. The derelicts, the bums. <laughs> Derelict my balls. Um, the undesirables. Yeah. Well, you know, it's also just a matter of there's a lot more goodwill before the CIA turned everybody into a potential serial killer. Yeah, a lot of goodwill towards men. Uh, let's see here. It's 7.57. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to do at least some Samaritan calls are coming in. Let's go. We'll be right back. Don't you see that Sly movie, Samaritan? No. Sleep on Sly, bro. He's still making action movies at 70-something years old. Yeah, he is. He's still making movies. He's still doing it well. <laughs> we'll be right back, everybody. Don't go anywhere. There is uh, so much more to do in the second half, and it's gonna it's gonna be just as good as the first. It's intermission time, folks. Time out. Press the like button. Thank you. Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Qu
Nice to be on the beach today, Matt. Which which beach? Well, we're on the the best, only the 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 beach with the most pristine sands in the world, Oakland Beach. <laughs> Nothing like it. Nothing like it. Let's do a little bit of. Wait a second. <clears throat> Here we have. I I didn't get through that last one from Cajun Lady Sarah. Says, so you mean to tell me that with Neuralink, the blind will be able to see, the deaf will be able to hear, and the lame be able to walk? Hmm. Hey, Frank and Matt, love you. I, oh, I know. I know it's it's very, it's very antichristy. But if there's a way to let the, the lame walk again, if there's a way to do all of that without it being like, there's one man you go to, I'm down for. There was someone we could went to, but you know. Certain people killed them. What do you mean? Oh, oh, yeah, I know. I know. If they didn't kill him, he'd still be alive. He would have the... Pa- he is still alive. Shotzi says, Frank and Matt, another great week on, quite frankly. Have a fantastic holiday weekend. I wish the same to you. And remember, it's not over yet. Uh, <clears throat> I'll be on with you guys tomorrow night for at least an hour. And it'll be, I think we have some really good stories to do together. A Pinch of Grace says, A successful season of art festivals means I'm finally able to pay it forward. Voting with my dollars for more, quite frankly. Have a great weekend, my dudes. Wow, I'm so happy that your art festivals went well. And thank you for the super chat. That's really nice of you. Um, Over on Rumble, Dan Schumann. And... Where the hell is Dan Schumann? He uh, really, really blessed me over there at the beginning with the Rumble Rants. Thank you so much, Dan. Got a lot of wonderful people out there. I ask you all, with the 1,100 or so that are on that website alone right now, there's only 222 likes. It would be such an amazing gift for me going into the weekend if hundreds of you right now can just click that like button um, you got 1,100 on people on Rumble? Yeah, there's about 1,100 people on Rumble right there right now. And so across the board, wherever you're watching, if there is a like button, please do it. Because that button is designed to trigger algorithmic goodies. If it gets 1,000 likes, That's a nice I'll tell everyone a secret about Frank that he probably wouldn't want me to. Thousand likes, and Matt will tell you a secret about me that I will be completely mortified <laughs> for anybody knowing. So go ahead. That's that's all it's going to take. Get a thousand. Get a thousand. Get a thousand in. Now I got to think of something. That. <laughs> <laughs> 
Secret Weapon says, thanks, Frank. When is, uh, when is Judge Joe Brown coming back? Hey, you know, I, I, he hasn't been on in 2023 yet. Got to think of a topic. Got to think of a topic for Judge Joe Brown. If he comes back. Would love to have him on. He's, he's the best. Sean Joe, thank you. Paulie9363, I want to play Pong with just my thoughts. Well, you're going to be able to soon. Here, let's go into the Babylon B for a couple of rounds, and then we're going to take some more calls. So first one up, Matt, you'll like this. No, I don't know you will. <laughs> I don't know if you will. I, I'm not. <laughs> headline, I'm not sanctimonious, and I don't look like a meatball, uh, whispers Ron DeSantis crying himself to sleep at night. <laughs> I don't look like a meatball. Oh. <laughs> That was so lame, dude. I know. It's wor that was th that was so low energy. He's guess what? In a couple of days, I think I have a feeling Trump's gonna start calling him low energy Ronald. He should call him Ronald. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know why. The first thing he didn't do is just little things like that. It ticks people off when you change their name in a way that it's not supposed to be. If you keep forgetting their name, uh, that that triggers certain things in people. <laughs> you just call, call them Dan. And yeah, stuff. Dan, Dan, uh, or or uh, or um, like uh, Teddy, Teddy, uh, Teddy, T Theodore, DeSantis, the Theodore, or something like that. But look at this one. Another headline, Florida is a mismanaged hellhole and only an idiot would live there, says Trump. <laughs> uh, headline, an unprecedented attack. In, hold on, let me get this down a little bit more. There you go. In an unprecedented attack on human rights, Target moves pride display back 20 feet. <laughs> Yeah, no. Did it's, you see that Alex Stein video where he went in into Target and he tucked his thing and he started doing yeah <laughs> running around? I know, I know, I know. I don't. Uh, I'm glad somebody is willing to do that. I'm not, but whatever. Listen to this. This was from the 4chan today. Took a screenshot of it. Thought it was hilarious. I don't know if it's real. It may not be, but it is pretty funny to think about it. And maybe somebody out there has the balls to do it. Uh. They do now. The target down the street, they're responding to this thread. The target down the street from me gave me a trespass notice and warning yesterday. For the past week, um, I'd load up carts with the tranny shit. I would take about 30 to 45 minutes to scan everything since I asked for the protection plan bullshit. They had to go back and type in these small numbers. Ring up anywhere between $1,800 and $2,500. Say I left my cash at home. I would ask those around me if they had spare $2,500 I could use. <laughs> Laughs and amusement from most. I went in this morning. A guard stopped me and gave me a pink paper saying I can't come in anymore. A cart guy fist bumped me on the way out. I can't go back to that target for the next 24 months, but I'm about to go to one 12 minutes away and repeat it. It's legal. I don't know if it's real, but it's hilarious to think about. Um. So, a couple more on this. <laughs> Let's see. Headline, woman enters eighth hour of argument she's having with her husband entirely in her head. <laughs> I'm sure it happens. I'm sure it happens. Um, Jordan Peterson. 
considers every possible meaning of a Bible story except that it might mean exactly what it says. <laughs> oh, there's more. There's more. Inno innocent multi-billion dollar corporation ruthlessly attacked by people not giving them money. It's a terrible thing. Really is a terrible thing. Mechanic determines car repairs will cost whatever your whole paycheck is this month. Just that's an easy way of doing it. All right, let's take a call. Uh, Leonard, you there? Nope. Sorry. Hello? He, he bounced away. 914-200-0269. Plenty more coming in. Let's try it again with Leonard. What's going on, Leonard? Hey, it's the Sentinel from Theta. How are you doing? Hey, Sentinel. Welcome back. You bet. Hey, um, great show. Love it when Matt's on. Can't wait for him to tell us all about how to be a Franciscan. I'm really excited about that. Uh, I, I, what else do you have to say, uh, Leonard? Be, oh, I'm um, Sentinel. Because now that you brought that up, you've reminded me I have a lot of things to read Matt right now on that subject. I think it's pretty hilarious. Well, I, can't, I called about a good Sam story. Um, Molly and I uh, were out late and uh, in, in a neighboring town, uh, and we were coming home on uh, U.S. Highway, you know, and it curved and it was dark, and we pull around this curb, and there's this, like, 1974 Javelin parked right in the lane without its lights on. And I had to stomp on the brakes of my Matador because that's what I had nice. at that time. And, and I got out, and this guy's sitting in his car. And I asked him what the hell he was doing. He said, well, it just quit running. I said, we can't sit on a curve in the road, man. we got to push it off the road. If you need a ride off, give me a ride to town. And uh, I go to start pushing the car, and he just sat in the, in the, in the seat. So I'm supposed to push this freaking behemoth by myself. Mm. That's when I realized this guy is not right in the head. Uh, so uh, he got, I got him to get up, open the door, you know, keep his hand on the wheel and push while I pushed. And uh, we got him off the road. And I pull, I take him into town to go to drop him off. And uh, then I get a ticket for not having the right tag on my car because it's 2 in the morning and the local PD just ran my tag. So I got thanks for nothing and almost went splat in the back of this guy's car. But uh, Did you ever figure, was, did you ever figure out what was wrong, what was wrong with him? Did you ever figure that out? No, I just thought he was metal. You know, just not all there. Well, first I thought he was drunk, but no. You know, uh, as much as it was an inconvenience to you and it was a thankless job, a thankless deed, you just don't know what kind of catastrophe you are saving somebody else. Because whether or not uh, he put himself into danger, um, th like you said, parking a car in that kind of a position. Any other driver comes up on that, and it could be bad news for a bunch of innocent people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It could have been. Somebody could have ran right into him if they wouldn't have been watching. So well, it would have been terrible. So, thank, thank you for that. You thank go. you for that, Sentinel. It's you great bet. to have I you on. I love that Target story where that guy rang up $2,500. Do you have an extra 2500 he could use? No, I I, uh, I gave it to, I gave it to, uh, at, at the office. <laughs> yeah, leave it back at the office. It's with the petty cash. Thank you for the call. Matt, you got to listen to this. So I had a couple of things that came in. Uh, let me see here. 
Good morning. Oh, here, here's a few more. Bob Schmidt wanted me to say this. He's out there in the audience. He said, good morning, young man. Would you give two shout-outs? One for my son, Bobby. He turned 36, I think, yesterday. And for two, for Marty and me, who will celebrate 17 years of wedded bliss on the 27th. That's tomorrow. Much love, Bobby. So, Bob Schmidt, I hope you have a wonderful day, and I hope that your son's birthday was awesome as well. Now, listen to this. This is from... This is from the difference between... Okay, Twisted Wizard. He said this last Friday. He said the difference between the Franciscans and the Franklies is the Franciscans are gay. That's all. Matt, if you don't get ahead of this, you're, this is what's going to happen. They're just going to say it's some gay cult. You, you, you have to get ahead of this, man. Um, here, But listen to this. I got a card. A card came in from a friend of the show, Robert McGough. Okay, he's such a nice man, and he sends me a lot of cards, and I, I send cards back. But listen to what this one said. He said, Lord Frank, I've given it some thought, and I think that Matt's Franciscans should have two tenets. One, they should make a vow of obedience to Lord Frank, like how the Jesuits make a vow to the Pope. I think that's obvious. Two, if Trump requires it, they must all be ready to commit suicide. <laughs> Sweet and simple. Keep up the great work. Well, there there already was a Trump clause I was working out in there. <laughs> now listen, don't don't scare people away with suicide pacts. Oh no, I'm not. It but wasn't anything. There's I, uh, there's definitely a Trump clause in there. There's there is a structure of of power, and Trump is is at the center of is, it. Is part of the structure. Well, the thing that I like is when they said uh, mystical beasts or any kind of beasts that need to be vanquished in, I, on behalf of... I had, I did think of a saint of, uh, of you know, the animals. He controls animals, I guess, you know, consider that a beast. I have two more here. This one's from Kelly. Kelly said, Frank, the moment my husband and I heard Matt mention the Franciscans, we looked at each other and we just knew we were Franciscans. <laughs> no explanation to each other was needed. We just knew like you know how to breathe. Ask Matt, uh, asking Matt to explain the difference between the Franklins and the Franciscans is asking him to put words into the unspeakable or to the unspeakable. <laughs> it's simply a knowing. If you know you're a Franciscan and if you don't know, you're a Frankly. That's from Kelly. And then finally, this, this, this is how bad this is getting, Matt. You need to give people some stability here. Travis wrote in, says, Frank, just uh, FYI, the Order of the Franklinites. <laughs> Franklinites. Listen, the Order of the Franklinites. So that just sounds like a cult. Well, listen to what this is all about. <laughs> he said, Franklinites. the Order of the Franklinites. My, my computer continues to flash off and on. This is really freaking me out over here. I guess it's time to replace the video card altogether. The Order of the Franklinites is in firm control, and we will see that the Order of the Franklies stays in power. I cannot say more for the fear that your presidential run may be compromised. Uh, the less you know, the better. Sincerely, the Order of the Franklinites. Now, that now seems like this group has formed to be to to serve the interests of the the Franklies. So they're part of the Franklies. Yes, but obviously they're special forces. They're the special sect? I don't know. You've, you've really changed things, Matt. You really have. All right. Well, I guess I'm going to have to form my own <laughs> Vatican assassins now. What, outside of the... the uh, whatever. Well, I mean, it, I'm sure a sect will form to protect uh, the power of the Franciscans. Another one? 
I thought that that was the... That well, if you got little secret sex popping up, it's just human nature. I know someone's going to make one oh, to man. combat them. This that's like... That's like you're you're that sect for you. That's like Antifa and mine is like you know the Patriots. <laughs> At that. <laughs> oh, I see now. I see now. Okay, I get you. No, I get you. It's uh, it's, it's exactly like that. Let's go and take a call. Let's take a call. Uh, Sandra, you're on the air. Hey, I made it in. Hey, Frank, how you doing? It's great to have you on, Sandra. How you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I have a uh, Good Samaritan story. Great. That happened to me. Oh. I was, I was, um, I'm in Iowa right now, but when I was living in Minnesota, I was working at a Snyder drugstore and I was hanging up, it was like Christmas time, so I was hanging up like garlands and things like that. So I had like this step stool and I was trying to reach up to this one hook and I just, I'm short. I'm only four foot eleven, so I'm trying to put this garland up on this hook, and all of a sudden, this big hand came up from behind me, and just, you know, hung it on there. And I turned around, and there's this big, huge guy, like huge. I didn't know who he was, but you'll know who it is at the end. So he helped me hang up all this garland, and then he had to do some shopping so he did some shopping and i met him at the cash register and, and he looks over the counter and he goes are you standing on a step stool i'm like yeah because i can't reach the register if i you're you, know. a, you were on a step stool behind the register yes oh. because i'm so short 411 you know? wow okay wow yeah i'm 411 so then i put i went to put the change in his hand and his, and he goes, put your hand up. So we did the hand-to-hand thing, you know, and he just, his hand engulfed mine. Like, he was huge. And then after he left, a bunch of people came up, do you know who that was? I'm like, no, I I don't know who that was. It was Hulk Hogan. I was going to say, <laughs> brother, I was. I, I'll hang that garland for you. I, was, I swear to God I was going to say it. <laughs> he even made me come out from the register and stand next to him. Come stand I next wish, to me, brother. Let I me see how so short you badly, are. <laughs> I wish so badly that we had phone, you know, uh, phones that take pictures because I would have definitely taken a picture. About of about what he year was, was this huge. again, Sandra? Yeah. What year? What year again was this about? Okay, let's see. I was in my twenties, so probably eighty. Let's see, I graduated eighty six. 89, so 90. This was maybe? like during his steroid. Did you? This was like, yeah, when he was the Hulk, because he slimmed down yeah, after he a while. Was. But he, yeah, this was when he was when, doing when his every he day. Was. Let me see. When did he I do Suburban watch, Commando? I didn't watch wrestling. <laughs> Let me in see. The eighties. He's like probably one of the most famous people in the world. Right. Oh, that was yeah. No, you know what he bought. So that's 89, 89, 88, 89 or so. That, that's two years before he did Suburban Commando. Okay. That's Yeah, that's around the <laughs> that, time he, I think, stopped the juice. You can tell when he went to WCW, he was, like, thinned out. Yeah, you can tell he wasn't committed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was still jacked, but he wasn't Hulk, you know? He wasn't, like, Hulk. <laughs> well, Sandra, this is great. No, so, so, that, so he helped you hang 
uh, some of these. Yeah. Uh, uh, he probably got you know if when you're that big, especially when you got that kind of clout, it must be fun to just like drop in on people and 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 do things like that and and kind of make their day and give them a stuck. You probably told this story how many times since the 1980s? Oh, not very many. Yeah. I it, it never really comes up, but I was like, hey, I'm going to tell it this time, and and I was a little embarrassed about what he bought too because you know I was young and what did he bought condoms. He bought, he bought the biggest box of condoms that we had. I need, I need boxes the of, Are we talking? Two boxes are we... of blonde hair dye. Okay, so he got two boxes. You remember this shit. Wow. Well, I, I, I guess do. you'd have to. So two boxes of blonde hair dye and big, yeah. a big box of condoms. Are we talking about just quantity? Or are we talking about big size condoms? <laughs> I haven't even told my wife Jennifer yet. Well, I guess he was cheating would, on his wife. And then... One of the 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 uh, manager came up. He goes, he's the one. Like, do you know who that was? I'm like, no. He goes, wonder why he was buying condoms. Isn't he married? <laughs> I, like, I don't know. Wife loves latex, brother. <laughs> he uses them to jerk my, off. my wife. I, I, I jerk off into the brother. <laughs> I don't like the mess. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Well, you probably. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 1989, we'll, we can look into that one. But, Sandra, this was a wonderful call. Thank you so much for this. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Frank. Oh. I, I enjoy your show. I Thank you so. Yeah, thank you so. I think he was the champ in 89. Brother. I, I just imagine that. Um, isn't he married? Why does he need those condoms? But uh, It's not for me, brother. It's for, it's for a friend for of macho mine. man. Dude, you remember when that when his uh, sex tape came out? Yeah. And God, I feel I feel, I feel disgusted like a right <laughs> now. Yeah. He's walking around. Listen, I never watched any of the actual sex, but, it, but the most the more PG versions of the or snippets of the whole thing was him kind of just walking around the uh, the 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 bedroom, and the the woman, whoever the hell she was, I think she's still in bed or something, and he's just like standing up and he's like rubbing his belly. He goes, I feel like a pig. <laughs> I feel like he said something. I feel like disgusting. I feel like a pig. Like I don't know. Like he like I he ate too much or something like that. Oh, the way the, the internet. And he shrunk too, like three or four inches because of all the leg drops he did. It like fucking pushed his spine. Can imagine the compression on a, for yeah. for all those people. I think he used to be like six seven or maybe six eight. Now he's like. Six four. You saw how he. Well, I mean, Sylvester Stallone is not a big guy as it is, like height wise, but he towered over him in Rocky. Yeah, now Sly's taller. Than him. <laughs> <laughs> what? Now Sly's taller than him. Sly's taller than him. Well, you know what it is. Sly also he got the leg lengthening done. He got the leg lengthening. <laughs> what happened? Sly shows up to a, an award show. It looks like he's on stilts. <laughs> Nobody knows what happened. He's he's as tall as Baron Trump. Oh my gosh! How tall is Baron now? He's definitely grown more. They said he's he's about twenty seven feet tall. They and he had and they said he's not stopped growing. He could be thirty two feet tall by the end. He's done. <laughs> uh, let's see. Over on Rockfin, we have a tip, and that's from Twisted Wizard. It says so. Then the Franciscans know that they are gay, and their assassin sect will be the peak gay suicide squad. Okay, got it. I don't know, Matt. I don't. I don't think so. I, I, I'm listen. I'm a little bit. I'm open minded here. Yeah. The people they they go into different the Franciscans specialties. are more conservative. He's open minded. You can take that name over to his side. 
Um, I want to. I want to. I want to play something. We'll do that after that third. Let's take some more calls because these are <laughs> these are fun. Let's go. Um, <coughs> hey, three one four. You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, Frank. It's Patrick. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thank you. I've called in before. Uh, yeah. yeah, because well, you probably well, you got that new uh, new phone. Yeah, I know. Going, so you don't realize. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I got a good Samaritan. Go ahead. Happened to me. Shut this up. Yeah. Oh, I'm 59, so this is like 40 years ago. You guys were talking about hitchhiking, right? Mm-hmm. And back then it was it was very uh, very safe to do so, especially in Canada. So I can imagine. Anyway, I was out in uh, British Columbia. I had two hometown friends with me. We were both all three kind of broke at that point, just traveling. They went home, and I said, well, I'm going to go up north, see my uncle. It's about 1,500 miles north where I was, Vancouver Island. So I started hitchhiking. Victoria, or uh, Vancouver Island is about 400 miles long. Guy picks me up. He's 78 years old, and uh, he starts, he lights up a joint. He's all, do you mind? I'm all, no, go ahead. I'll smoke it with you. Anyway, he's, he starts telling me this stories when he was doing acid and this was about a year before so he's like 77 doing acid wow he said he never did it before anyway he's telling me you know he thought his, he, he works a wood shop he thought his hand was falling off at the sawdust and stuff like this anyway he drops me off about four miles from a town he says well this is my turn it's like two in the morning right and there's nothing out there with mountains and sticks and uh so he makes me walk. He said, don't worry, there's a bar up there. All right, so I had to walk. There's no cars on a two-lane road, right? I go into this bar. I meet two other guys. Well, there's not too many people in there. They're about your age, and I'm 19 at that point. And uh, they, I, I got a ticket already. I bought a ticket. I got to travel on a ship another 800 miles north, but I got to get to Port Hardy. They're going there. They had just lost a friend. These guys are lumberjacks. Their best friend got his head crushed uh, logging. And they're going all the way to Kitimat. So once they get up there, they're going to drive me another 500 miles. I don't know. But I, first they got me on the – and all they did was get me stoned. They got me drunk. I know. It was kind of silly to talk about this right now. But, uh, yeah. So uh, and, and they fed me. I was broke. So and, uh, so let me let, let me let me let me ask you this. Put a bow on it. So you you needed to get to a uh, what was the destination again, real quick? My uncle's in Kitimat. Was there a? It was another five hundred miles. Yeah. So you, from your starting destination, how far away was your end destination? How many miles? About fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred miles. You you had no clue, and <laughs> yeah, you no, you no, were no, intent no. on you were intent on going the whole way just by people's charity and you found first a 78 year old uh, two people yeah. 78 year yeah, old just two people that picked me up brought me all the way 1500 miles. miles well hey there that's something yeah, that yeah. uh not very many people will be able to say that they did it i mean 15 and thank you for the call patrick um i, I think it's patrick right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i forget um 1500 miles <clears throat> two lengths damn yeah Lucky you didn't get killed by the uh, the drug fiend. Well, like he said, oh, okay, I, he's lucky that they didn't go off the road. 
Yeah, I wonder if he had to, you know, like, what is that movie where there's the unwritten rules of the road? When you get picked up as Jane a hitchhiker, Silent, Jane Silent yeah, Bob. there's certain things you're expected to do. Well, I don't. It didn't sound like it. it sound like the, well, it sounded like they were getting him drunk. So, oh, I don't know if they copped a feel or anything like. But he sounded like it was a pretty kosher uh, situation, and that it was Canada. So you go back a certain amount of time, and Canada is already known oh, for its yeah. its um, its politeness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there's I don't think anyone's ever been murdered in Canada. No, there's you never been. Might, you can check it, but I'm pretty sure that. Hey, look at this reel I loved. Uh, did you ever see this? This guy is out in the backyard playing catch with his son, and obviously the son is screwing with him, and his <clears throat> brother is is videotaping it because he knows how the father's going to react. Uh, I love this, too. I love listening to this. Watch this. He just throws the ball completely wild away. Listen to the father's reaction. What's that? <laughs> Hold on, wait a second. <laughs> wait, wait. What was that? I want to understand something. I'm not here spending my time. What the hell was that? <laughs> you do that again, and you're punished. That is the. That is such a. Oh my gosh, I love that. Oh man, I love that because you you know he's getting set up. Like people are like, oh, the father's a he's a real prick. Like no, yeah. no, he's getting set up by kids who know how to push his buttons. Well, yeah, but still, I just would have been like, go get it. My my mother made me go get it. My, my mother was the one who I was having the catches with. Yeah, that's what you're she, supposed to do. She um she was the shortstop, you know, so we uh, in the backyard, and there were days that I just did not have any control. And I remember those were just frustrating days, but when you really just don't have the control yet, you're finding arm slots, how to grip the ball, and I just they just sail away, and then I just... I get so mad, I start throwing him away intentionally. I just want it all to end. Oh, anyway. Um, well, oh, okay, but here's here's the thing I wanted to leave people with. I wanted to do this, and then we can go on a break. I think I have a break video lined up. Do I? I don't know. Anyway, Matt had sent this to me. This is a... It's AI... It's AI, oh, a, an AI debate. I thought it was real. No, this is not real. <laughs> uh, this is an AI debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. They're on the they're on the stage together, the debate stage together, and they are just they're going to be very vulgar with each other. And you're wondering what the hell is this all about? It's funny in itself because, oh, of course, he's cloned voices. But I'm going to play you. I'm going to play you first what Matt sent me. Then we're going to go to the original, and then we're going to work our way back to talk about how funny this is. No, you know what? Forget it. We're going to go to the original. Years ago, um, it was... I, I don't know who the hell did it, but the we there was this Call of Duty lobby chat. I mean, there's so many things like this out there, but more, some, some exchanges are more uh, famous than others. And on Call of Duty, this video game, for those of you who don't know... In the lobby, when you're out there ready to, to be launched into the game, you know it's free for everybody can talk. Uh, you can talk with your teammates. If it's an oh, if you're in a party, you're only talking with the people in your party. But uh, usually, there's a lot of, especially in the earlier generations, it's just a free for all. You, everybody's talking to everybody. There's somebody there eating. There's somebody's playing rap music too loud. Everybody's doing. You're listening to tiny children. Uh, it's just a, a nightmare. That's why I usually get in there and mute everyone. 
But back in the day, especially SOCOM, the SOCOM, that was just as bad. This right here is an exchange between uh, people that are on the same team, I think. And they're dogging on this one guy for sucking, and he's using some kind of a, a riot shield <laughs> while he's playing. It's just something. I, I At first, I thought that because um, they had riot shields in, in whatchamacallit, Siege, which I wish we, we all still played Siege. That was, that's a lot of fun. But listen to how they're dogging on this guy for the riot shield, and you see it devolves into complete insanity. And this is a perfect encapsulation of things that we've all listened to for many, many hours in our childhood. And it's really, it, it brings back fond memories because it is vulgar, but it's just so, it's so harmless and weak because you can't do anything. There's somebody on the other end of this anonymous line that you just, you want to hurt their feelings so bad. But you can only say a certain amount of things and repeat them over and over again. Here they go, um, jumping on this guy's back. Don't you guys fucking learn how to actually play the fucking game and talk Shoot a gun, dog. Learn how to fucking game. shoot I'm a gun. Fucking riot shield. What else do you want me to do? I'm a riot shield. I'm a pussy and I use riot shield. Oh, I'm a pussy. What the fuck do you want me to do? Fuck you tell me what the fuck you want me to do. Tell me what the fuck you want Tell me what the fuck you want you hear the guy in the background? Yum, 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 yum. I eat dick all day. Dude, dick. Dude, dick. Dude, dick. Dude, dick. Dude, dick. Dude, dick. It's like being in hell. It's really like being in hell. All everybody is doing is calling each other variations, <laughs> variations of homo and stuff like that. It goes nowhere. It's hilarious. It really is hilarious. Um so anyway, somebody. <laughs> oh gosh, I just I feel bad for newer I, newer generations. They this is offensive to them. Yeah, I know. And this is nothing. But here is the Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Somebody went and they applied some of this exchange between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, and they they used AI to clone the voices. Take a listen to this. Using the riot shield. What else do you want me to bitch. fucking do? Oh, riot shield. I'm a pussy and I use riot shield. <laughs> oh, what? Now I'm a pussy. Shut the fuck up. What do you want me to use? You, you, tell me me to you tell me what you want me to fucking use. I don't know what to fucking use. Trump is back there. <laughs> when he drops the uh, the F word, this is the best. He's just in the background. One more time. I'm shoot using the riot dog. shield. What else do you want me to bitch. fucking do? Oh, riot shield. I'm a pussy and I use riot shield. Oh, what? Now faggot. I'm a pussy. Shut the fuck up, what do you, you want me to faggot. use? Shut the fuck up. You tell Shut me what you want up, me to pussy. fucking use. It's so I love it. And the best thing are the comments. Listen to some of the top comments of this. Um, uh, let's see. So, uh, someone said, it's not realistic. Joe Biden is not dying. <laughs> he said, it's not realistic. Joe Biden is not dying from dementia. Yeah, he seems way too clear. <laughs> somebody else said, is this real? Uh, let's see here. I see. Oh, here. Somebody else said, I see no fact checkers. This must be true. 
Oh, man. That's it. Fact checkers have already given up on these AI posts. It's over. It's over. There's no going back. That This is, the I think, that the, some of the best things that the internet produces. Oh, here's one more for you, Matt. Headline, Adolf Hitler announces run for president. And there's Ron DeSantis. It's just that bad now. Let's take a call from Chuck Jackson. What's going on, Chuck? I'm on. I'm on the phone now. So I. Um, anyway, Matt, Frank. Yes. You guys' show. Um, so I was calling about the uh, Good Samaritan thing uh, years ago. I was I had a roommate that was, you know, I could never get him out of the house. So he had a, a you know, a good girlfriend. And so I talked him into going out. We're going to go to a party. We're heading out of town, and we we get a little ways out of town, and this girl comes running out of a field, and we see she gets tackled from behind. And so this is on pavement. So some guy from behind takes this girl down, and we're like, holy shit. So we, we both have beers in our hands. We're on our way to a party. And we, we don't know what we just saw. So we park the car, um, get out, and, and so the girl starts yelling, he's got a gun. Correct. Like, Whoa. And so the guy runs off. And so so Darrow. Oh, so, so, he, my, so he let my, her go. Uh, roommate Darrow. He chases the guy. I'm I'm still with the girl, and she's screaming. He's got a gun, and so, uh, man, I don't know how to cut this down real quick. So she's bleeding. She's you know her knees and elbows are all bloody, and uh, so I'm with her. Daryl runs this guy down. He's got him, uh, you know all tied up because he was a state champion wrestler at a, a division one high school did he take the gun and, off okay so so i so i have the gun in my hand it's a 308 so, he so dropped i'm trying it. to flag down traffic holding a rifle in my hand and <laughs> so i'm trying to help or trying to get people to stop and nobody will, and finally I figure out, okay, so nobody's wanting to help me because I have a gun in my hand. Well, I mean. <laughs> so uh, I'm uh, waving at people like, stop, stop, we need help. And <laughs> so I finally, like, I ditched the gun. And then I'm like, oh, man, I can't leave this gun. So I, there was only two bullets in it. And so I, I ejected the ammo through it. And... <laughs> So later, the cops were like, uh, where, where's, the, where's the ammo? We need this for evidence. Like, well, I threw it because I didn't want the guy to get the gun and shoot us. And Okay, so, so, okay, so they, they have him. They, so you, you show, you, you're out with your friend. You hear this girl's being attacked. You see her get, uh, get, um, get tackled. You go, to, yep. go over there to help her. So he, he abandons her, I guess. He just ditches it and wants to get the hell out of there, but he leaves a gun behind. Your friend actually runs after him, tackles him. The police get him. You help her. 
And uh, did you ever see her again? Did she thank you? Obviously, that's that's the your presence must well, have been so somewhat of a was, deterrent. She was in the car with him, so she broke up with him. He oh. he had brought her out there to kill her and himself, oh. and so he had two bullets. And so he was going to kill her. He had just told her what he was going to do. And that's when our headlights came over the hill. Wow. This is like a country road. And he had just told her, I'm going to kill you and then kill myself. So that's why there was two bullets. And, yeah, so she thanked us. And, and then hopefully she the, the got out. Cops came yeah. with the, 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 like a helicopter showed up. Because finally the cops got called by multiple people. This was 25 years ago. And people started calling saying, hey, there's a guy with a gun. And um, so a helicopter came and cops showed up. And we were up on a hill where, where the party was, where you could see cars coming from miles away. So the helicopter showed up. We, I could see the cop cars coming. And this guy started freaking out. He was, he was, they were, they were meth people. Well, it's good. You know, it's good, Chuck. It's good that you were there. I mean, that's, that's the real, that's the real thing. Good Samaritan, obviously. Yeah. But it's also just really, really awesome luck that you showed up right before this terrible, uh, this, this, uh, you know, uh, murder suicide took place and thank you for calling in and uh and and sharing it i i, I it must have been a night of, right. full of adrenaline well, no doubt about it but that's just the <laughs> it, it brings it, it back hey yep. mo most people wouldn't know what to do and and especially when they're looking down an assault like that it's one thing to say all right well we are two and he is one let's go help this girl out but for her to be screaming he's got a gun he's got a gun that would make even two guys be like yo uh i mean proceed with caution here what do we have we have beer bottles you know that's a, that's a tricky situation that's very tricky but um obviously it wasn't i don't know how it worked out for everybody but that was that all right let's go let's do let's see here who is this liron liron <laughs> that's actually my boss's name oh okay so hello worker <laughs> Nano. Nano. Nano? Yeah. Okay, well, welcome to the show. What do you got for us tonight? Hey, I, I don't know what that guy was talking about, so I, 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 I'm guessing I could just bring up anything. Um, it was a good Samaritan I, story. For the, yeah, for the longest time, I've been wanting to get your opinion on this. Um, I know that you're a drummer, right? Uh-huh. And... Growing up uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, I was born in 84, but I was in high school in the late 90s, and bands like Rage Against the Machine were, were the thing, and I remember watching their documentary where they interviewed Noam Chomsky, and yeah, and so how do you feel nowadays, uh, all things considered, with the way they handled, the way they wanted everyone to have the shot uh, in order to see them at shows and with the latest um, kind of uh, I get, I get, that came out about Chomsky? Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I think that um, I think that a lot of old revolutionary types, especially the Rage Against the Machines, they have been... 
There, anybody who's being objective about, it, there's some people who are just they just go goo goo gaga, and uh, and if this aligns with whatever their political persuasions are already uh, aligned with, then they they stuck it out. They paid the two hundred dollars to see them at Madison Square Garden, and they were fine about it. But everybody else who sees that this, they are just complete sellouts, and that Tom Moreno is a blowhard. And um, and it's just I mean it's just I don't know you, you are you're, you have sided with the machine. Um, uh, thank you for the call. That's yeah. we, we talk. It's they're not the only ones. They're not the only ones. All the, 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 plenty of plenty of punk rock, you know, uh, the the middle finger to the world types. Uh, just completely. It's 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 so uh, bullshit. It goes to show you who's taking on control now. Right? Yeah. Back in the day, they were actually rebelling against this shit. Now they're right. in line with... Right. It makes, it makes little little sense. Little sense. But they're still charging. Still charging a pretty penny to go see them. That ain't... That ain't... Um, yeah. That ain't changing. Don't worry. Because in a few years, John Schaefer is going to make a super band. What's his deal? Was he sentenced? He's, yeah. How long does he have in jail? Two, three years, maybe, My maybe God. more than that. They just gave some the leader of the what was it? The Oath, Oath Keepers, Keepers what, 18. eighteen years, eighteen, and, and some some associate of his twelve. It's 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 insane. He didn't even go in the building. Oh, he didn't. Didn't even go in the building, and they're trying to make him out to be a ringleader because he had conversations. I mean, Stuart Rhodes. Is, I said when I had my personal conversations with him, he said. He, he what I what I gleaned from our talks was that this is a guy who understands the trajectory we are on culturally, that this is he he very rightly uh, diagnosed it as cultural Marxism, and that where this was going to lead and the things that people were asking for and and the the way that people were completely ignorant on a civic level was going to be our undoing and that it was going to get violent at some point not that he was going to go out there and wage the violence but it was going to be imperative for people to know exactly what their rights are because when if this really gets messy especially on a regional level which is what we're brewing toward now regional instability there's going to be places in this country that are going to be better off for a while still than others but regional instability wide open border he was always just very honest about it so when he says things like um you know the fact that everybody was there in D.C. that weekend was a testament that many people believed that something... I mean, there is a over 23% of Democrats think that something weird happened with the 2020 election, that there was fraud involved there. There's a lot of people. It's a bipartisan distrust of what's going on there. And when people internalize that and they really examine that feeling there, we're to the point where they're like, we're going to go to Washington, D.C. and protest because we at least want Congress, anybody in Congress that hears our voices, to look into this and to see if they can, they can, they can do anything to, uh, to investigate and, and to, to make sense of everything that we had seen on election night that just is not right. All the, ten, the, 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 the tens of thousands of, of sworn affidavits. I mean, th- these are people who are putting their lives on the line with those affidavits with, under the penalty of perjury. That is some. That's some pretty big stuff, you know. Uh, they tried to. So there's a lot of people out there who thought that this was the end of our country, and that's why they wanted to go there and make their voices heard. 
Nobody, you know, when, when he says guns, we, we, you know, they'll, they'll really listen when we have, when we show up with rifles. Uh, and that was after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because look what they did to an unarmed population of people. First of all, they, they totally egged them on. They led them like lambs to slaughter on the, in the inside. They had the media there and, and certain members of Congress to hype this up to be the Bay of Pigs, and it wasn't. And, uh, and, and now you got a guy who didn't even go inside the building, is, being, is, is having 20 years of his life taken away from him. Just because they need, they need to have, they need, they need heads on the wall. You know, it's, it's just incredible. Because they got to write the history at some point, and Stuart Rhodes has got to be one of the masterminds, even though it's it's clear he wasn't. Doesn't take a genius, doesn't take anybody, doesn't take a terrorist to diagnose that what we have going on in this country is very dangerous, and it isn't right wing extremism. Certainly isn't. We're, there's 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 no right wing views. There's no libertarian uh, individualist constitutional views that are espoused inside of this government there is no republic so that's just crazy um let's see here montana mike said didn't someone send something about the franciscans wearing tan pants and carrying shields that say we are gay oh yeah that was was a funny joke i told matt did i tell you about that like the the patriot front uniforms everybody walks around with the shields but on the shields it says we are gay I said that would be amazing if you got people to go out there and just confuse the hell. <laughs> Seriously. That, that, that would be funny. Seriously. I I, I mean, it, people, I mean, that's some shit that, that would confuse the hell out of everybody. You go down. It would uh, confuse Antifa. It would confuse everybody. You go down there, you dress like the Patriot Front would. You have the, 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 the flags and all that stuff, but on the shields, it just very clearly, we are gay. <laughs> I think it would, it would give people pause before they, <laughs> before they start reporting on it. <laughs> Stostube says, have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Surround yourself with family and great friends and enjoy those barbecues. Yes. And be reverent for the lives that have been lost. Indeed. Um, let's see here. All good there. All good there. On Foxhole. Thank you, uh, Sean. Joe, thank you, Bacon Slut. Thank you, Chai Possum says, hello, Matt. Robert Sarn says, thank God I'm a Frankly. I will not transition. Hey, you know what? I don't don't think, I never took this as anything of a bad thing. I never took this as a corruption of anything. I see this as... It just uh, goes to show you how human nature. Yeah. You think the worst of everything. I... I don't see it as a transition. I don't think it's something that is uh, is a corruption. Um, I, we'll see what Matt go how, where this goes. I mean, it just sounds like they are specialists, you know. I don't know. Yeah, we're like that guy from uh, what's that uh, that movie with Tom Hanks where he whips himself. Oh yeah, the the. the the Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code. I brought that up the other night, actually. <laughs> but not about you. Something completely different. But ladies and gentlemen, that's all for tonight. I really appreciate it. It's 8.50. We have our uh, weekend roundup is going to be live on QuiteFrankly.tv. I'm sorry. I didn't know that uh, we did not have... 
programming on ready for last night and the night before uh, apparently there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, stuff going on with broadcast computers for the network that are being redone uh, elsewhere and also some other editing projects that were taking precedent for a little bit so we had a couple of nights off for the after hours programming and I plugged it as if it was there so I'm I apologize for that but there is a weekend roundup that is going live on quite frankly TV in just a few minutes so get over to quite frankly TV and enjoy yourselves also a big reminder over this weekend go out and buy yourself a copy of shoeless Joe by WP Kinsella and become a sponsor so you can be part of our book club that starts up again next Thursday, June 1st. It's going to be a really awesome read. I put the the first of the um, the threads up there on quitefrankly.tv, the forum. It's pinned to the top. Unfortunately, because I wanted to be able to, to take the 66 pages at a time because that would get us to the end there. But the first two chapters are 101 pages. So... It's just the first 101 pages. That's really what it comes down to. And I think it's going to be a really easy read. And I can't wait to get it done with uh, Charlie Robinson. So thank you, guys. I will see you tomorrow night somewhere around 9, 9.30. And we have plenty of awesome things to talk about. Hometown cozy things. And I know it'll, um, it'll attract a lot of great callers. And into the holiday weekend we go. The first real summer holiday. And I, I really appreciate this time of year. Hope you do, too. Thank you, Matt, for, for hanging out. Thank you, Francis. Yep, it's been a it's been a real honor, bro. Indeed. Okay. Until next time. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. And now our super chatters, starting with Montana Mike, Stostube, KT Sky D, Cajun Lady Sarah, Shotzi, Pinch of Grace. Thank you so much to Dan Schumann with your generosity on Rumble. And to my wonderful friends on Foxhole, I'm releasing the scratching right now. Enjoy your cozy evening on QuiteFrankly.tv. The network continues on after this. And I'll see you all tomorrow night. Thank you uh, again, uh, Chuck Jackson and Twisted Wizard for your wonderful tips on Rockfin. It's not done, though. Tomorrow night, May 